0: Well, hello again, Pastor Gus Brown. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I hope that you've had an excellent week in the Lord. and That has been an exciting week because walking with the Lord, boy, it's exciting, it's wonderful. It's an experience that nobody can really totally explain because God is doing things in our lives sometimes that it's amazing to us. It causes us to pause for a moment. But that's the God that we serve. He is a great, magnificent, outstanding, wonderful individual who we love. He is the living God. And isn't it wonderful that we can call upon his name? And he said if we call upon his name... He will show us great and mighty things, and he's doing that in many different ways. And we just want to say thank you, Lord, for being so faithful unto us, because we are a people who are not very faithful to him. Sometimes we have to admit that. But yet we're learning to be faithful, and I pray that uh, we're growing in our faith. Amen? Well, today uh, the challenge for us is still in the book of Revelation, we will be coming out of the 18th chapter, and uh, these words caught my eyes, and so I want to go and somehow just focus on this subject, called out, and it's in the time of the tribulations that God is still calling his people, and he's calling them out, and I been given thought to that. How God has done that down through the ages. So let's pray and let's jump into this. I'm excited about it and I hope I can uh, somehow uh, bring you to a point to really see it also and that it would challenge your heart to come out from the world, to come out from things that you know that are not of God, that are not approved in his word, that we would be willing as his people to come out. So let's pray. Father, we want to thank you and praise you, Lord, that you continue to work in our lives from day to day. And we're looking to you to work in our lives even today, this very moment. Would you allow your Holy Spirit to do the work that only he can do? For he alone can bring conviction to our hearts. And he alone can truly teach us, Lord, your word. So would you minister to to us through him and we'll give you the praise and give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. In the book of Revelation, and we'll go back to that again in eighteen. And in verse four he says, Then I heard another voice from heaven saying, And John the angel, it was not this one, it's another one but this voice of God, or this message of God, keeps coming to John. And uh, John is seeing the future. Uh, he's seeing what's going to take place. And he's going to translate that to us. To the present church at that time and to us. And and it will carry on until Christ comes. That this message will go forth. Now... The angel speaks to him again. He says in that verse 4, Then I heard another voice from heaven say, Come out of her, my people, so that you will not share in her sins, so that you will not receive any of her plagues. But it's a continuous call. God says to his people, Come out of her. Come out of Babylon. Come out of this area and and this is something that goes all the way back to Abraham that God has called his people out he called Abraham cuz you need to understand Abraham was living Abram before he became Abraham was a pagan and living among pagans he was living among idol worshipers and God called him out And God did the same thing with Egypt. He did the same thing with Lot. He he did the same thing even with Israel. With each king, he's calling his people out from the heathen nations around them to somehow separate themselves from them. Now, God wants his message to go forth. And Israel had a message to give and to share. But you lose sight of the message when you get so entangled with the world. And sometimes as Christians, we can get so entangled with the world that we forget what our real message is. The message of salvation of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to save the unbeliever, but we get so caught up with the unbeliever and doing what the unbeliever is doing that we somehow miss the message of sharing the message of salvation with that unbeliever. We can get so caught up with what they are saying that somehow what we are to say, becomes somewhat less important and really is the most important message in the world, but somehow we get caught up because we want to blend in, we want to be liked, we want to be accepted, and we lose sight of the message that we have to share the love of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And give the message of God. And God is always calling his people out. To come out of that area. That is a danger for us. Uh, it's like quicksand. We get in it and we can't get ourselves out. Somebody else has to what? Pull us out. And God does that with us. And in a sense he's doing that with his people here. He, he He's telling them to come out. Come out and have to understand God is always the rescuer. God is always the deliverer for us. And he's always calling us out. And there's that continuous calling that he puts out there to his people. To come out of the world. To come out of the philosophy of the world. To come out of the teaching of the world. To come out of listening too much to the things of the world we sometimes give too much of an ear and I'm not saying that we should not know what's going on in our society and our community but we need to understand we have a saving message to deliver to this community and that the only way these people are going to make really any concrete changes Is to really understand the precepts of God. The teaching of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In order to really make progress. No matter what the situation may be. If God's word is not being applied to it. Then we're just spinning our wheels. We're, We're doing the best we can do. But until God's Word is applied to a social problem, to things that are happening in our communities, until God's Word can take hold and teach us how to handle that which we're struggling with, we're just spinning our wheels and going nowhere. We're just putting a band aid over something. Until we can really understand what God's Word is, and that God's Word will deliver us, God's Word will guide us through, God's Word will do the healing between any group of people who may not even like each other. God is able to heal and bring together, but we have to apply God's principles and God's Word. And we have to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, he's calling us out. He's calling the people of this time. He's calling them out. Because he doesn't want them to get caught up with the philosophy or the teaching of the false prophet. He doesn't want them to get caught up with the teaching of the Babylonian. With all these idols and so forth. He doesn't want them to get caught up with that and he says there to them to come out to come out and we need to hear i want you go with me to first timothy 6 and you say well what does timothy have to do with revelation there's this teaching of being a christian and the behavior of the christian that is consistent all the way through, is not just given for just one period of time. That teaching applies to all Christians, all generations, for all times, until we see Christ himself face to face. This word never dies, and therefore what this word said to the first generation Christians and the second generation Christians. This word is still speaking to us today. Some 2,000 more years pass. This word is still speaking and calling us out. And bringing us to a point to say, Lord, I'll leave this. And I'll draw closer to thee and your word. So in First Timothy chapter 6 and verse 11, he says, But you man of God. I want to look how he first describes you. A man of God. You the man of God. He could have used the same thing in Revelation. You people of God. You men of God. You women of God. You young people of God. Come out. He could have said the same thing that he's saying here in Timothy. But you man of God. And what he is saying is this, when he calls you a man of God, a woman of God, you're his people. You're his individual. You're his saint. You're his. And he desires to use you. But he can't use you if your attention has been drawn away from him onto something else. And he says you have to come out from among that. Because we have forgotten in this time what it is to be sanctified, to be set apart, to set apart from this world, but set apart unto God. We have forgotten what it is, again, even to be holy, that also has that same meaning in a sense, something that is set apart and used only for God and being called out from the world. In order that God might be able to use us. And he's always calling his people out. From those things that are dangerous for them. And in the time of tribulation in Revelation that we're reading. In Revelation 18. It's a dangerous time. And yet we will give heed or we'll give an ear at time. To something that we shouldn't even be listening to. And even today, Christians sometimes are listening to things that we ought not be listening to. And he says, but ye, man of God, but you, man of God, flee from all this. Now, what is the all this? He says, flee from all this. Let's go back to a few verses there in 1 Timothy 6. And let's pick up in verse... Three, follow me now here because you're going to see what he's calling them out from or telling them to flee to run away from it and that's all he's doing in Revelation run away from the teaching of the Babylonians run away from the teaching of the false prophet run away from that image that has been created run away from these things run away from that which is not godly, or divine. And you know that is not of God. Run away from it. If it's not of God, run away from it. If the woman, I don't care how pretty she is, if she is not godly, run away from it. I don't care how handsome the man is, if he's not of God, run away from it. And somewhere we got to re-grasp that. That we're willing to run away from that which is not of God. And he says, if anyone teaches false doctrine, what was taking place? Boy, the false prophet was teaching false doctrine. He was teaching heresy. He was teaching against the Lord Jesus Christ. If anyone teaches false doctrine and does not agree to the sound instructions of our Lord Jesus Christ and Satan, the false prophet... The image, the beast, were not agreeing to the sound instructions of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. They're trying to destroy the teaching of Christ. And he goes on and he says, And to godly teaching, to godly teaching, sound instructions, godly teaching, come out from that. If there's not sound instructions... Of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. If there's not sound teaching. Biblical teaching. Leave it. Come out from that. Because you're going to hurt yourself. If you stay in something like that. And God says. Come out from that. And he goes on. He says. He is conceited. And understands nothing. That person. Who is. Teaching this false doctrine. Who is not agreeing with sound instructions of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He is an individual. Who is conceited. And understands nothing. And God says come out from that. Now what is it that he don't understand? He doesn't understand the instructions of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ or godly teaching. He doesn't understand that. So when you find a person who doesn't follow sound doctrine or the teachings of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who don't follow this biblical pattern, this book that we have, then come out from among that. Don't stay in that. It's going to hurt you. And he's calling his people out. And he continues on, he says, he has an unhealthy interest in controversy and quarrels about words. The second thing, if you find a person who has an unhealthy interest in controversy, they always want to be in some type of argument. They always want to be quarreling about something. Uh, They can never agree with what God's word is saying. They always have an argument with it. And they're not willing to really just accept it for what it says. Come out from that. Get away from that. And he says, he has an unhealthy interest in controversy. Is overboard. That's not saying you should not be inquisitive. That does not say you should not ask questions. That is not saying you should not be concerned a proper interpretation. Of the scripture. But when that person. Isn't worried about. If you're right or wrong. But just want to have a. Argument. For the sake of arguing. Get away from that person. Come out from that person. He says. That result in envy. Strife. And malicious talk. Evil suspicions, and constant friction between men of corrupt minds. What kind of minds? Corrupt minds. Come out from that stuff. Don't get stuck in there. And that's why God is calling the people out. Because I can imagine in that time there was a lot of people ready to argue the issue of what Jesus said and what the false prophets said. I was not one bit interested in truth. They were only interested in an argument about the Lord Jesus Christ and trying to convince the believer to remove himself from what he believes and accept what they're saying, which is a false doctrine. And all they want to do is argue. And you need to understand their minds have been corrupted. You need to understand the only thing they want to do is call friction. And he says, come out from that. Who have been robbed of the truth. They don't have truth. They will not accept the teaching of the Lord Jesus Christ. They will not accept sound doctrine. Sound biblical truth. They will not accept it. And he says, they've already been robbed of the truth, but they're trying to rob you of your truth. They're trying to rob your faith and turn it. And God says, come out from among that. Come out. And then he goes on and he says, and who think that godliness is a means to financial gain. Come out from that kind of teaching. Come out from that kind of teaching. Now, the gospel is not about financial gains. It's about salvation. It's about a lost individual discovering the Savior, Jesus Christ. It's about God deep love for each and every one of us. And that it's His will that none should perish. It's not God's will that every believer be rich. It's not God's will that every believer has everything he ever wanted in life. That's not what God's will is. God's will is that you be saved. And there's no treasure on earth that you can give that can purchase the salvation that Jesus Christ has already purchased on your behalf and he says here come out come out now he says that again in verse nine people who want to get rich fall into temptations and a trap If you just want to have money for the sake of having money, and not really being a steward of what God has blessed you with, then you're after the wrong thing. You're not after an eternal salvation. You're not running and living a life for the glory of God. You're after satisfying the flesh, yourself. And you have this belief that if you have all the money you want, you'll be happy and you can take care of everything on your own. And that's a lie. That's a lie from the enemy. People who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plague men into ruins and destruction. And he says, come out from that. Come out from that. Now, also remember, one of the things that takes place in the time of tribulation is that you can't buy or sell. I don't care if you had a million dollars. You can't use it unless you have the mark. So you're broke. You can't buy or sell or use your money if you don't have the mark of the beast. And the Lord says, come out from among that. And some of us will be like the rich young ruler. We'll walk away from Jesus rather than leave the riches. Understand that Jesus will still provide our daily bread and what is needed. And God says, come out from among that. But we're so stuck on being rich And the money that we have in hand. We don't want to lose. Understand something. You can't take it with you. You can't take it with you. And in those days. It's not going to do you any good. If you have to denounce Jesus Christ. Or denounce your faith. It's not going to do you any good. So he gives us. Those three areas that he's talking about flee from all this. But look what he says. And and it's important to follow there in that verse 11. Because now he tells us what to pursue. And I believe that the people in Revelation 18 that he says come out from among that erroneous teaching, that false teaching. Come out from among The image and the beast and the false prophet come out from among them. He's not talking about leaving a country. He's not talking about leaving a territory. He's not talking about leaving a city. He's talking about coming out from under an authority that is damaging to you. And we need to understand sometimes the authority of our own government can be damaging to us as Christians. Because the issue comes down sometime, will we decide to follow our government's rules or do we follow what the word of God says? And we'll hit that in just a moment. So kind of keep that there. But look what he says. <clears throat> but you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue. If you have your Bibles open, underline that word pursue because it takes an action on your part now. Pursue righteousness. Pursue righteousness. Come out from among that. Which hinders you from continuing to pursue righteousness. Come out from that. And you pursue godly righteousness. And he goes on. He says. Godliness. You pursue godliness. Don't let somebody stop you. From being a godly woman or a godly man. Don't allow some man or some woman. Or some job or some offer or whatever it is. Cause you to cease or stop running after being godly. You want to keep developing that. You want to keep developing your faith. You want to keep growing in that image of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. God has predestined you to be like Christ. So that's a process of growing. Don't let nothing hinder that in your life. Don't let any person get in the way of you really being a godly man or a godly woman. Don't let some man or woman trick you into bed trying to say that you're too holy, you're too this, you're too that. You need to understand something. Satan will do anything to keep you from living righteously and godly. And God says, come out from among the world. Come out from among the sayings of the world. Come out from the teaching of the world. Come out from among that. And he says, pursue righteousness, godliness. And then he says, pursue faith. See. A lot of Christians' faith is not growing because they're not pursuing faith. They're not running after faith. They're not taking up the challenges to, I'm going to have to believe God for this. I'm going to have to walk by faith, not by sight. I'm going to have to trust God in this situation. I can't figure this thing out. But I'm going to believe God's word. That's faith. Whenever you believe this word above your circumstances, you're walking then by faith. When you will believe God's word and trust it above whatever is taking place in your life. You're exercising faith and you're growing and you're going to see a God intervene in your life. And your faith is going to grow. Your faith is going to grow in him. And he says, come out from among them. Why? Why? When you stay in the world, your faith doesn't grow. You may be a believer, but you're partying on Friday night, Saturday night, but you're getting to church on Sunday. Let me share something. You're not growing. You're not growing. Why? You have not come out from the world. See, you cannot serve two masters. You cannot serve the master of this world and the master of the universe. You have to choose which one. You cannot serve the one. Who did not create a thing here on earth. And reject the one who created all things. You have to choose which one you're going to serve. And he says come out. And in inviting you to come out. Or directing you to come out. God is not kicking you out. He's not taking you by the hand in a sense and dragging you out. If you remember Lot's wife, she came out of the city. But where was her heart? And the moment she turned back because of her heart, even though she was out of the city, out of Sodom, she turned into a pillar of salt. Why? The heart was not really changed. She was out of the city. She was not in the city. But her heart. Never left the city. Let me share this with you. Some of you may be sitting in church. You may be saying prayers. Prayers. You may be reading the scriptures. And all that is good. But if you don't sense your heart changing, if you don't sense your heart falling in love with the Lord Jesus Christ and beating for Him, then you're just a religious person. It's the heart, because out of the heart flows the real issues of life. It's the heart. Does your heart beat for the Lord Jesus Christ and for his kingdom? All of us serve in some way, in some capacity. But does your heart serve? Is it a hard thing? Or is it a recognition thing? Is it just a thing you like to do but don't love to do? But you like to do it. See, it gotta become a heart thing. Not just a fleshly thing, not just a religious thing, but a real heart for the Lord. That you come out because the heart Is no longer in Sodom. The heart is no longer in the world. The heart is following. The living God. The Lord Jesus Christ. And he says. Come out. From them. That your faith may grow. Come out from them. That you might experience true love. Come out. And in coming out, you have to understand there's going to be endurance because there's going to be a struggle. You don't leave the things of Satan without a struggle. But God will give you the strength and the endurance and the ability to walk away from it. If you so desire, you can come out. And he says, and gentleness. And he says then in verse 12, fight the good fight of the faith. Whenever you decide to leave the things of Satan and the lies of Satan and the teaching of Satan, you got to fight on your hands. But I want to tell you something. You got the victory. You got the victory. Go to Second Timothy <clears throat> chapter 2. And verse 22. Because see. We got to make that choice. Those people. In Revelations. 18.4. And God is calling them out. They had a choice to make. Are they going to pursue the things of God? Or are they going to listen. To the false prophet. Are they going to worship the image. Are they going to try to blend this thing. Or are they going to come out and keep it separate this is my god and i shall follow the lord jesus christ so in verse 22 listen to what he says here flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness faith love peace along with those who call on the lord out of a what pure heart your calling On the Lord out of a pure heart. You really want to follow him. Now you may need help. And you may have to ask for help. Lord help me. There's none of us that are perfect. But God is calling you out. And you need to be able to say Lord. I'm struggling with this. But give me the endurance and the strength. To walk away from it. And keep walking away from it. There's where the endurance plays a part. That you keep moving forward. And Lord, change my heart. If the heart needs to be changed, Lord, take this hard-hearted heart out of me and put a heart of flesh in me. Take this stony heart out. Let God do the operation that God alone can do. Allow him to minister to you. And he tells us right there in that 22 again, flee the evil desires. Are you running away from the things of the world? Are you running away from drugs? Are you running away from alcohol? Are you running away from an immoral life? Are you running away from profanity? Are you running away from lying? Are you running away from stealing? Are you running away from quarrels and arguments? are Just fleshly. He says, Come out from among them. Because that's not what God would have for us. And he says simply says, Come out. Come out. Now, if you're not pursuing these things, you're just religious. And you're living by your own rules. Once you to understand something, God sets what He wants for the believer. He gives us a way to live and how to live. And I have to learn his precepts. I have to learn what he wants and pursue that. Run after it with all my heart. And not look back. Again, Lot's wife looked back. She left Sodom. But her heart was still where? Inside Sodom. And when she turned, you know what happened. She became a pillar of salt. Don't serve the Lord looking backwards. Serve God looking forward. Moving ahead. Making progress in your Christian life. And the example of all this is Jesus Christ. While testifying before Pilate, he made a good profession. Because Jesus knew for which he come and why he had come to this earth to die for sinners. And he could say to Pilate, really, you have no authority over me. You have no authority over me. And when you really commit yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ, and you come out, Satan has no authority over you. He has no authority. The Christian is called out of the teaching of Babylon. The hollow and deceptive philosophy of that day and that time. And the Christian is to hold to the truth of God's word. Are you holding? Or are you drifting? Are you moving forward? Or are you at a standstill? Are you making progress? Or are you going backwards? Slowly slipping back. Into the things of this world. You're the one that really has to check your life and look at it and know your heart. And yes, the heart is deceitfully wicked, and who can know it but God? And that's when you fall on your knees and you ask God to show you where you are. I have to do it. I have to do it. There's still some work to be done in this man, quite a bit. And God knows it, and we're working on it. We're working on it because he's calling me out. He's calling me out. And he wants to call you out of your darkness. He wants to call you out of the things of this world. He wants to call you out of the thinking of this world. He wants to call you out. Some of you as Christians may say, well, Hey, it's fine, as long as two people get together, and they want to be together, and they've been together 10 years, 15 years, and they are a great couple, but they're not married. My question to you is this, is it right or wrong? And a lot of Christians have come to a place to say, it's okay. They're better off than a lot of married people. They don't argue, they don't fight, they get along very well. The question is, is it right or wrong? Second one, two women can be together. Oh, they're the best of friends. They're this and they're that. Fine if they're just friends. But when they move in and set up house and become one a husband and one the wife, is that wrong or is that right? the basketball player over in Russia refers to the woman as her wife. How do two women, and one of them be the wife and one be the husband? It don't even make sense. The husband is always in the male gender. It don't even make sense. But yet, people will say, well, they're doing great. She's in law school. Uh, uh, They live in a nice community. They're uh, making progress in life. They don't really bother nobody. The question again, is it right or is it wrong? God's intent was for a family. And that doesn't mean you have to have children. It meant a man and a woman who come together. They're a family. Children is the icing on the cake. For there are many couples who've never had children, but they're a family. The two have become what? One. That's what God desired. One man, one woman becoming one. And we can't change that. Any kind of language on our TV, from the president down through our Congress, Senate, Mayors, CEOs of companies, today, it doesn't matter how we address the public. We can use all type of profanity. We can say some of the worst things and then come back and apologize two or three weeks later. Uh, But uh, we say things that should not be said. James tells us, sweet water and bitter water cannot come out the same faucet." That's the Christian. The profanity, the cussing, and there's a lot of Christians to say, will tell you today, oh, you won't go to hell because you cuss. My problem is this. If it's a continuous habit of using profanity and taking God's name in vain, is it wrong or is it right? I'll tell you now, I believe it's wrong because we should be able to speak to anybody without using Mm -hmm. such language. We should be able to use language that encourages, that exalts a person, builds them up, lifts them up, not tear them down, not degrade them, we should be able to use words that are not recognized as words of profanity, and those in Congress, our political groups, as a society, we should hold them accountable. And until we start holding our political individuals accountable for the language that they use, it's going to be very difficult. To hold those. In the entertainment business. Accountable. Because we won't even hold. Who we call our leaders. Accountable. And until we hold them accountable. We're not going to be able to hold. Entertainment accountable. Or anybody else. And that's what's going on. In Revelations. 18. Come out. I'm among them because there's things that are being said that should not be said blasphemous things that should not be said are being said I can imagine the type of names that the false prophet may have been calling Jesus Christ should not have even been mentioned and a Christian should not hear There are words and things that people say about our God today and about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that in a sense we should not even hear or stand there and listen to it. remember one time when I was working on a job and had a little conflict and the general foreman was telling me to get on the cart. We're going to go down to the office. But the language that he was using, I told him that I would walk. I would not get on the cart with him with that kind of language. And I would meet him at the office. See, there's a time we have to stand up. I cannot make somebody stop using profanity. But I don't have to stand there or be in the presence of it. Come out from among them. Come out. And he shares that with us. Now you can't break the law. And you can't get away. With breaking the law. And there are some laws we don't agree with. But we need to understand. Whenever that law goes against the. Biblical teaching of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ we stand on the biblical truth, not on the social truth or their legality of what they are calling to be truth and right because we know it's not right. And eventually we're going to be held accountable by a society because we will not yield to their philosophy or their teaching because of this word and again I want to remind you God is calling us out from that he's calling us out even though there may be persecution there may be something that will take place that will bring harm to us we are to come out from it and stand on God's truth and God's word now St. Augustine puts it like this You may have heard this in the uh, movie The Great Debate. And it's just a simple little statement. But the young man learned it from his father, who was supposed to be a minister in this movie. And he states it in the final part of his debate in The Great Debate. He says, I believe that. An unjust law is no law at all. I believe that an unjust law is no law at all. Well, that's what the people were facing back in Revelation. What the image and the false prophet and the beast were setting up was unjust laws, And they had to come to a point to say, These are no laws at all. No way do these laws honor our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. No way do these laws fit biblical truth. Now, I want to share something with you here, and I think it's very important. We come out from them, their philosophy. You cannot win a person to Christ agreeing with their philosophy or their error. But you can if you speak truth. If you speak truth. For coming to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, one must hear what? Hear the truth. Hear the word of God. Romans 10 tells us They got to hear. They got to hear it. And we're the ones that are to speak it. So we speak truth. Even though they may be believing a lie. We speak truth against that lie. And we do not try to agree with them in their lie. We speak the truth in that lie. We speak truth to it. And that individual has to make a choice of what is true. And we are to speak truth in darkness. Because in that darkness that person needs a little light. And the only light they're going to receive comes from the truth. The word of God is a light unto my path. It can be as dark as around them and all this false doctrine all this false teaching but when you speak the truth into them and they grab hold of it that truth becomes a light unto their path to do what? guide them out of it out of the darkness into the marvelous light of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ now now Again, he says, come out from among them. And that unjust law, we need to understand this, is the beginning point of our conversation of sharing the love of Christ. But as long as I'm involved with them, and I'm accepting it, and I'm doing it, it's going to be awful hard to bring Christ into that picture because I have to step outside of it and then speak against it. I am to express the truth and give acknowledgement to the truth and that the only real authority is biblical truth. Satan doesn't have the patience of God. And you need to understand that. Satan doesn't have the patience of God. And Satan is not long-suffering because he don't have much time. Satan is not kind. He's not gentle. And Satan is not about righteousness or teaching righteousness. And God is saying to his people, come out from among that false teaching, that false philosophy. Come out from among that. And so many Christians today are following after the things of the world rather than coming out. That's part of the weakness of the church today is that too many Christians Once they leave church, have forgot what the word says. And they pick up a whole different philosophy on Monday morning. Because now they're in the world. And the only way that they believe that they can accomplish things is by doing it the world's way. And God says no. No. You walk by faith, not by sight. You do it according to my word and as I lead you. Not the world's way. The world can define success one way, but the most successful thing for a Christian is this. Not how much money he has, not his titles, not his house, his cars, how he dress. The most successful thing for a Christian is to be a faithful servant to the Lord Jesus Christ. If you are a faithful, loyal servant to God, you're successful. You're successful. And if you honor God, God says He'll honor you. If you honor Him, He'll honor you. And promotion doesn't come from man. And that's where people have to, especially those who call themselves Christians, have to understand, promotion doesn't come from man. Promotion comes from God. God is the one who sets you in positions of life that you might shine as a bright star for him. And God calls them out. Now, very quickly, I want you to see something. If you go back into Revelations 18, why God is calling them out also. We looked at 1 Timothy 6. We got an understanding that and so forth. But I want you to see why God is also calling them out of here. Look what he says in verse 2 in chapter 18, Revelations 18. With a mighty voice he shouted, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She has come She has become a home for demons come out. Sometimes where demons are, we're not very spiritually aware of what's going on. And we need to understand that demon activity. Sometimes these things we call parties, we need to understand that's demon activity. We need to understand some of the Things that we're going to after 12 o'clock, we need to understand. That's demon activity. We need to understand it's being done in the dark. Who operates in the dark? Satan. He doesn't operate in the light. He operates in the dark. We need to understand that when a young man or a young woman begins to talk the the wrong way, We need to come out and get away from that because that's demon activity. We need to understand that. And he says, she has become a home for demons, a hunt for every evil spirit, a hunt for every unclean and detestable bird. Hunt. There it means something that you are visiting frequently. You have become comfortable being involved in it. And yet it's the wrong thing to be involved in. And God is calling you out from it. And it, it follows that right after that, he's calling his people out from that. Because again, it's all demon activity. And today in the church, we don't want to talk much about demon activity, but it's very much alive. And we don't want to say much about it. But a lot of places where Christians are being involved in certain things, there's a lot of demon activity going on. Corporate parties can be a very high demon activity. Because one man is forgetting he's married while he's following after somebody else's wife. A lot of demon activity going on. Getting drunk at a corporate party. Activity. Demon activity is going on. There are things that are taking place. And the mind's going all over the place by what you're seeing. Demon activity is taking place. We need to understand that. And he said it'd become a home for demons. Let me ask you something. Has America become a place where demons find themselves right at home? We used to think demons only were in the places where the witch doctor dwelt. And crazy stuff went on. Well, in America, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on. We don't have people dressed like witch doctors or doing some type of foot dancing or stumping or or we don't have voodoo priests and so forth. But we got a lot of demon activity going on that we're not recognizing because too much is happening sometimes to Christians that is really the cause of demon activity. That's affecting their life. But we don't think that demon can cause you to think differently. Demons set the stage and your eyes see it and you just begin to desire it. Demons set the stage and then you're falling into it. Demon activity. Demon activity. Demons trap you in using the wrong thing, allowing the wrong thing to come out of your mouth. It's not what goes in a man that spoils him. It's what comes out of a man. Time that demon twisted all that up in your thinking process and so forth. You're, You're ready to cuss everybody out. Demon activity. And he said, become a place of demons. And he said, come out from that. Come out. You're in this world, but you're not of this world. And you have to remember that. As Christians, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. Well, my time has run out, and I wanted to get into the area also of, and I'm going to let you somewhat do that on your own. <clears throat> I want you to really look at this area. Uh, whose names are written in the book of life. Because you need to understand. That those whose names are written in the book of life. They are protected. And let's go back to 18 as we close here. It's, it's astonishing what he says at the end of that verse 4. Now I think sometime. This has really been missed and not really bought out very much. Because it may tie into something else. And, and uh, we don't want to go through that argument. But this word is dynamic. This word of God is powerful. Listen to what he says. The reason he calls us out also. So that you will not share in her sins. You're not partakers of her sins. So that you will not receive any of her plagues. Boy, underline that—that that you will not receive any of her plagues. Somehow, God is going to protect. God is going to intervene. I don't know how much. What, if there's hunger, if there's famine, there's something going on. It's going to affect the Christian just like it affects the unbeliever. But God says, somehow, I'm going to still feed you. I don't understand that. Because he talks about them. He talks about water drying up and so forth. He, he talks about the different plagues. But here he says that. Boy. So that you will not receive any of her plagues. That somehow God's going to intervene on our behalf. When we stand for him. And we come out. Of Egypt. We come Out. And always remember. Goshen. Was outside of Egypt really. Goshen was outside. Of the main body part. Of Egypt. And he goes on. He says. For her sins are piled up. To heaven. And God has remembered her crimes. Remember whose crimes? Remember whose sins? That of Babylon of the unbeliever of the false prophet but he's calling his people where, out from that and he talks about those whose name has been written in the book of life so important to really look at and understand Father we thank you and praise you for your loving kindness unto us And we ask, O God, that you might minister to us. That we might be a people who make a conscious decision to come out from the things of this world. I pray for a lot of our young ladies and our young men who are caught up with the glitter of this world. I pray for those young women who are lonely and who don't think there are created as lovely individuals. I pray, Father, that you would give them, Lord, a new look at themselves, that they might see themselves beautiful in the eyes of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I pray for the young man who's out trying to prove something, that he's a man either by how many women he sleep with or by how many children he have or by how much he can drink or how much money he can throw around or what kind of car he drives or how low he can wear his breeches. Lord, I pray that you would deliver them, Lord. You would deliver them and call them out from the things of this world. Let not your Christian be in quicksand. Raise him, pull him out, and may his heart desire be to follow you. Lord, deliver us in this day and this hour from the things of this world that pull us like a magnet, O oh God, to it. Continue to call us out. Let us not. Live in darkness, walk in darkness, cause into your marvelous light, I pray. Deliver us, O God, rescue us. And may it be our hearts that cry, Jesus only, Jesus only, I desire. Jesus only, I want. Jesus only. Lord, minister to us, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you. May God keep you. And I pray that something was said that will stir your spirit and allow you to really desire the things of the Lord. Is your name written in that Lamb's book of life? If it's not, get it there by accepting the Lord Jesus Christ today. God bless you. and May God keep you.